Hey, thanks for listening to the first episode of True Sleep in 2022. Glad you're listening. Hello to you in Ontario, Canada, my neighbor to the north up there. I'm in North Carolina in the United States, and I'm just really humbled that you're listening to me wherever you are. I want to jump right in to the book of Isaiah and help you meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Get some rest in an otherwise restless world. Sorry about the pause there. I got a little pop-up on my computer saying some update needed to happen, and it distracted me. But I'm back on track now, and I want to pray, and then we're going to jump into the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, starting at verse 24. Father, please speak to us through your word. Please uh, draw this dear listener up in your arms and speak to them clearly and plainly. Be merciful and gracious toward them through Jesus Christ. They are, just like me, a sinner, and undeserving to hear from you like this, to pray and talk to you. But through Jesus, you've made a way. And I pray that this, this listener would take full advantage of that and talk to you in prayer right now and listen to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we get started, just want to invite you to get in touch with me. You can email me at truesleepfeedback at gmail.com. And uh, that is mainly there for you to give me your ideas, how I can make this podcast more helpful to you if any ideas come to mind. Uh, but it's also useful just if you'd like to get in touch. Sometimes listeners will get in touch and uh, let me know what God is doing in their lives. And it's extremely encouraging. There's been probably four clear times that I had a definite thought that I might just discontinue the podcast because, you know, I'm like you, I'm busy and uh, not sure if I can keep everything up and something's got to give, that kind of thing. And on, on those four or five occasions that day, I got an email from a listener that just uh, re-motivated me and, uh, uh, so it's really helpful. And that's actually a little tip as a pastor and Bible teacher. Um, anytime you are helped by a minister, if you just let them know, not not to tempt their pride, because that's always a danger, but just so they will know that there is fruit, that there there is benefit to their efforts. Because sometimes it can you can wonder. So uh, so not not just to get in touch with me, but any any minister, especially your pastor, I hope you have a local church pastor that knows you and that you are an official member of your local church so that your pastor knows that you are in his flock. That is extremely important. And there you have it. That's got nothing to do with this meditation. So let me get off of my thoughts. I want to focus on God's thoughts, God's word. And begin in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 24. Therefore, the Lord declares, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, Ah, I will get relief from my enemies and avenge myself on my foes. So the passage begins with the word therefore. And whenever you see the word therefore, you need to ask, what's it there for? You need to look back at the passage preceding it. It's been a long time since we meditated on the verses preceding this verse. Do you remember what's going on in the book of Isaiah right now? 
God, through the prophet Isaiah, is addressing his rebellious people, and he's just been detailing how they were supposed to be faithful and righteous, and instead their rulers have become rebellious and corrupt and unjust. And so that's where we find ourselves when he says, Therefore the Lord declares, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel. Already good food for thought. The Lord declares. That word Lord means the one with absolute ownership rights over his people. Do you think of the Lord that way? Go ahead and take a minute as you meditate on this passage to recalibrate your perception of God, to align with how he has revealed himself in his word. He is the Lord. He is the one with absolute ownership rights over his people. He declares things. He doesn't suggest things to his people. He declares them. What difference would it make for you there just in these first four words to live more fully in light of the fact that God is the Lord? It says, therefore, the Lord declares the Lord of hosts. Now, if you were looking at your Bible right now, rather than just listening, you would see that this time the word Lord is all caps. And that is the, the English way of tra translating Yahweh. If you remember back when God introduced himself in the burning bush to Moses and he says, I am who I am. That's the idea captured there when you see all caps, L-O-R-D. He is who he is. He simply is. He doesn't owe his existence to anyone else, anything else. He always has been. All reality as we know it flows from him. He is the Lord of hosts, which usually refers to huge armies, huge amounts, uh, and, and typically the language biblically is pointing toward angelic armies. He, he is so glorious and so majestic and so far beyond the way we typically think of him. So just let these words recalibrate your perception of God. Therefore, the Lord declares, the Lord of hosts. He is also called here the Mighty One of Israel. So what does the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel declare? Ah, I will get relief from my enemies and avenge myself on my foes. So thinking back to what you can remember from Isaiah, 
Who are these enemies and who are these foes? Well, looking at the context before and after this passage, it seems clear that he's referring to the rebellious and sinful among his people. So even though they were part of Israel, their rebellion against the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, had put them at enmity with God. And God looked at them as his enemies and his foes. And did you hear what it said in that second part of verse 24 he would do? He said, I will get relief from my enemies and avenge myself on my foes. It's kind of soul-shaking to... Let that sink in, that God himself could look at those among his own people as enemies from whom he would need to get relief and as foes upon whom he would need to avenge himself. Can you imagine being the recipient of that, knowing that you were God's enemy and foe? Now, this is a good juncture for me to stop and remind you of the good news of Christianity. It starts with the bad news. We all are sinful rebels rebelling against God. So in that way, we all are his enemies and his foes. And the good news of Christianity is that Jesus came and died for us while we were yet sinners, while we were yet enemies of God. Jesus died in our place. So, holy God got his relief from us through Jesus' payment rather than our own payment. And he avenged himself upon Jesus on the cross rather than upon you and me. And so, if you will trust in Jesus as your Savior, if you will will receive that gift of salvation that Jesus procured for us, that gift of pardon and reconciliation to God and uh, citizenship in God's kingdom again through Jesus's merits. You are completely forgiven, completely restored to God, no longer his enemy, no longer his foe. So before we go any further, you need to just ask yourself, am I a Christian? Have I received that forgiveness? Because otherwise you are God's enemy and his foe. And if you're restless tonight, it's no wonder You are at odds with the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, your creator. And so I urge you, if that's the case, to repent of your sins and trust in Jesus. And your very next step, get in touch with a local pastor. Tell them what you've experienced here. And let that local pastor guide you in your next steps 
which will include baptism, making it public that you are trusting in Jesus. And it will include discipleship, learning what God has taught in his word. And it will include church membership, being joined to a body of fellow Christians. Let's read on a little bit into verse 25. God says, I will turn my hand against you and will smelt away your dross as with lye and remove all your alloy. So that's some some good imagery there. It may be some concepts that are a little unfamiliar to you. Let me just read it again and you think on it. See if you can kind of figure out exactly what he's saying. He says, I will turn my hand against you. And will smelt away your dross as with lye. If I'm remembering correctly, to smelt away dross as with lye is to cause a metal to undergo a process that brings the metal's imperfections to the top so they can be scraped off to create a more pure metal. And that's what he means also by removing all your alloy, all the contaminants, all the mixture so that you're a pure metal. Now, some of you who know about these things may be laughing at my ignorance here, but I'm pretty sure that's basically what he's getting at. So God is not just going to clobber Israel for their rebellion. He is going to purify Israel, refine them. It gets clearer as we read on in the verse 26. And I will restore your judges as at the first, and your counselors as at the beginning. Afterward, you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. So this is not just punishment, this is correction. At the end of this process of judgment, they will be restored. Their judges will be the way judges were supposed to be, bringing justice to the vulnerable. Their counselors would be as they were supposed to be, pointing toward God's truth. And afterward, they would again be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. That's what God's people are meant to stand for. Righteousness and faithfulness. Now search back in your memory bank of what you know about Scripture and the history of God's people. Did God ever bring this about for historic Israel? Israel sort of underwent cycles of righteousness and unrighteousness, falling into sin and rebellion and being restored through God's judgment. 
But these promises ultimately find their fulfillment in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. It is Jesus who would be the good king of Israel who would restore God's people to righteousness and faithfulness. And so if you are a Christian, we'll close on this note of just remembering your citizenship in the righteous and faithful city of God, in God's kingdom. That is your culture. That is who you are. What difference would it make for you to live in light of this rich identity of yours through Jesus Christ, restored to righteousness and faithfulness as a fellow citizen of God's kingdom? Father, I pray that you would help this listener to think on these things, that you would do in their heart anything you see fit through this passage, and that they would get some good deep rest as a citizen of your faithful and righteous city, and that they would wake up and live the next day fully in light of that identity. In Jesus' name, amen.